This is the East TraumaCast. TraumaCast. With your moderators, Levi Proctor from the University of Kentucky, Lexington. Dave Morris from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And Matt Martin from Madigan Army Medical Center. This program is brought to you by the online education section of the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma, Advancing Science, Fostering Relationships, and Building Careers. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Matt Martin, the chair of the East Online Education section. We are really excited to be bringing you this inaugural East Town Hall debate. Uh, This is the first of a planned series of topical debates. Now that we'll pit two pre-assigned teams of debaters against each other, but then we'll be open up for comment from some guest commentators, as well as open to questions and comments from anyone who wants to call in from the audience. Today's debate is on a really current hot topic, which is antibiotics-only treatment for acute appendicitis versus standard surgical appendectomy. And without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to the debate moderator, Dr. Levi Proctor. Hey, thanks, Matt. I want to thank everybody for joining us on our East uh, Town Hall debate. We have a really good group of surgeons participating on what is a very visceral topic. The topic is going to be about the recent APAC trial in the New England Journal of Medicine that looked at antibiotics versus surgery for uncomplicated acute appendicitis that was published in June of 2015. We have two teams. We have the pro-antibiotic group, which is the East online education section, and those participants are Dr. Matt Martin, Dr. Jawa and Dr. Ruby Skinner. The pro-surgery or pro-appendectomy group is going to be uh, participated by the East Emergency General Surgery Section, and these are Dr. Zelinsky, Dr. Dirk Johnson, and Dr. Pakula. The ground rules are we want to give each side some time to speak, so for, we're going to do three minutes each for the first few groups here, and we'll designate that, and then we're going to move on to some invited commentary by Dr. Livingston and Dr. Howe. And then we're going to open up for rebuttals from the antibiotic-only side and the pro-surgery side. And then we're going to open up to the audience for any questions, uh, and we'll direct them to the appropriate teams. So first, I'd like to open it up to Dr. Martin, who's on the pro-antibiotic group, on his uh, review of the APAC trial and his opinion on this matter. All right. Thanks, Levi. And then feel free to cut any of us off if we go past three minutes. Uh, So I'll start with a a conflict of interest disclosure. Uh, I have none. And, and we're the online education committee, so that means we're focused on educating you and, and showing you best practices. Now, the other team is the emergency general surgery section. So there's obviously a conflict of interest right there. All they want to do is they want to cut on you and your family members and cut unnecessarily. So just remember that when you're listening to their side. Uh, so the APAC trial, a real quick review. This is a, performed in Finland with a multi-center randomized study. It was a non-inferiority study, which uh, can cause some confusion. Uh, However, they set the goal for non-inferiority at 24%, which they they basically chose randomly. Uh, And it didn't meet that non-inferiority criteria, uh, but that's been an area of debate because that wasn't really based on any scientific evidence. They randomized 530 adults who all had CT-proven appendicitis uh, to either surgery or an antibiotics-only approach. Uh, it's also important to note a couple limitations that affected each group. So the antibiotic group, they gave them IV ertapenem for three days. So they mandated a minimum three-day inpatient stay and then seven days of oral antibiotics. So right off the bat, that somewhat biases it against the antibiotics on the arm in terms of hospital stay. For the surgery group, they randomized them to surgery, but most of the surgeries were open appendectomies which obviously that biases it somewhat against the surgery group because, at least in the U.S., most appendectomies are performed laparoscopically with a lower complication rate. One of the most important things is the care after randomization was not standardized. There was no protocol about calling any antibiotic person a failure or the decision to then take them to surgery. So, again, when when we talk about them as failures, I think a good number of them probably weren't true failures but simply a decision to take them to surgery, which could be debated. In the results, they were well-matched groups, uh, although interestingly, 25% of the surgery group was actually lost to follow-up, which also raises some concerns about the surgery outcomes. So one of the big questions in how many in the antibiotics group eventually underwent an appendectomy? 27% at one year. 
And so that just exceeded that 24% non-inferiority measure. Uh, however, in my opinion, we should not consider that a failure. We should consider that it was still successful in most patients. 70 of those who underwent appendectomy, actually five of which were normal, and the remainder were almost all uncomplicated. So one of the big fears of antibiotics only was we're going to have a lot of disaster appendectomies that fail antibiotics and then they're perforating. And actually, this study showed exactly the opposite. The complications were 7% group versus 21% in the surgery group up front, and none formed an abscess. So the important take-home points here for me are antibiotics worked, it worked for most people, and in fact, their subsequent surgery, if they needed an appendectomy, had a lower complication rate. So I'll turn it over to uh, Dr. Zelinsky, who's going to try to sell you on his side of just, just cutting you open. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Proctor. Dr. Martin, uh, you had a, a, a few points to make, of course, uh, but I have a different take on the study. And actually, I want to provide some background, which was conveniently lacking from Dr. Martin's report here. Uh, also, I should uh, assert that I have no conflicts, despite Dr. Martin's uh, assessment that uh, we line a cut on everybody. Indeed, no, we do not. Emergency general surgery um, is tending towards a non-operative approach for a lot of things. Uh, but I do not believe, and we do not believe as a section, that this is the appropriate uh, treatment at this point in time for uh, acute appendicitis. Uh, the traditional approach in the treatment of uncomplicated acute appendicitis, as we all know, has been surgical. Uh, more recently, however, the non-operative approach for uncomplicated acute appendicitis has become increasingly popular. What essentially this management technique describes is broad-spectrum antibiotics, fluid hydration, both observation, with appendectomy reserved for those patients who fail to improve or have clinical deterioration. The rationale behind this decision-making process, despite over 100 years of surgical care uh, with success of that care, that complicated and uncomplicated appendicitis are separate entities that uncomplicated appendicitis will not necessarily progress perforation. There have been uh, several meta-analyses that have looked at this uh, topic with a, uh, a randomized controlled tr trial um, to help conduct uh, or uh, answer this question. Uh, these results really are mixed. Uh, the most recent meta-analysis includes five randomized controlled trials of over one, 980 patients, 470 in the appendectomy cohort and 510 in the antibiotic cohort. Of these patients, medical therapy was superior for complications, return to work, and narcotic requirements. However, the medical treatment resulted in far greater treatment failures with an odds ratio of 6.7. In other words, patients who successfully avoided an operation had better outcomes, but the risk of failing medical management was substantial. There was significant heterogeneity between these studies and uh, essentially why the uh, appendicitis acuta study was performed or the APEC study. Uh, as Dr. Martin suggested, this is a prospective randomized control trial performed in Finland, and they addressed a lot of these shortcomings that have been present in previous randomized control trials. Despite this prospective randomized uh, uh, design of the study, there were uh, significant inherent weaknesses. Uh, again, in total, there were 570 patients with uncomplicated appendicitis randomized either to surgical appendectomy, which was 273 patients, or intravenous ertapenem for three days, followed by seven days of oral levofloxacin for a total of 257 patients in that arm. The authors specified an a priori, a priori difference of treatment efficacy between the cohorts of 24%. All but one of the patients in the surgical cohort underwent successful appendectomy for a total rate of success at 99.6%, nearly 100% success with completion in the uh, surgical arm. Four of the 273 surgical patients had complicated appendicitis at surgical exploration, all of whom had an appendicolis on preoperative CT. So despite their inclusion criteria, they still had patients that had uh, complicated uh, appendicitis. In the antibiotic cohort, all but one patient was available for follow-up at one year. Of these 256 patients, 70 underwent appendectomy within that follow-up period for a failure rate of medical management at one year of 27.3%. This makes a difference among cohorts of 27% difference in the intention to treat analysis. In other words, the null hypothesis based on their a priori determined difference in treatment was confirmed. The authors could not demonstrate non-inferiority in medical treatment of acute appendicitis. And uh, despite, uh, or excuse me, uh, and actually had to uh, suggest that surgical appendectomy was superior. However, that's not what they concluded. 
of note, patients randomized to the antibiotic cohort uh, who underwent excuse me, subsequent appendectomy, 10% had complicated appendicitis at that or at that uh, subsequent exploration. None of these patients, however, developed intra-abdominal abscesses, and in fact, of the patients who underwent appendectomy after failed medical management, their complication rate was significantly lower than those patients who were randomized to appendectomy, and that was 7% versus 20%. Despite the inability to demonstrate their non-inferiority of the medical management for acute appendicitis, the authors concluded that medical management will be successful in a substantial majority of patients, and that of those patients who fail medical management, their outcomes will be no worse and potentially better than those who went to urgent appendectomy. I disagree with the author's assessments of their uh, study. Despite it being the largest prospective multi-institutional randomized control trial on this topic, I have several other criticisms. The overwhelming majority, 94.5% to be exact, of these patients underwent open appendectomy per their study protocol. While this allowed for the generalizability uh, to facilities without ready access to laparoscopic equipment, the complication rate for the surgical group may have been lower if the laparoscopic appendectomies were performed more commonly. Most common complications were surgical site infections and persistent abdominal pain, both of which are known to be ameliorated with laparoscopy. Importantly, and not with, uh, and despite uh, the success of this study and the author's opinion, the American College of Surgeons, as well as the Society for the Surgery of Elementary Tract, and the World Society of Emergency Surgery, all continue to recommend either open or laparoscopic appendectomy as a standard of care for acute appendicitis. So the question remains, Dr. Martin, would you put your mother underneath the antibiotic regimen for uncomplicated appendicitis? Those are all uh, good questions. Uh, I appreciate Dr. Zelensky and Martin's review. Those were excellent reviews. Uh, it looks like the gauntlet has sort of been dropped by Dr. Zelensky. So I'm going to move on with the, is the antibiotic-only approach safe and without major risk of complication? And I'm first going to direct this question to the pro-surgery group, Dr. Pakala, for her input on this uh, question. All right. Thanks, Levi. Um, so, you know, for the way the way that I like to address the question of safety with antibiotics is first I want to say that I absolutely agree with the fact that um, the majority of care is moving towards a minimally invasive approach in most aspects of medicine over the uh, over the past few decades, and patients really are having more and more access to information regarding their uh, disease processes various surgeries and management options that they have, as well as the complications and the risks associated with it. I think that um, the, there, are, there have been a number of meta-analyses, as have been mentioned, as well as this APAP trial, which shows that the antibiotic group has anywhere from a 60 to maybe 73 or 75% success rate, depending on which study you look at, which shows a 20 to 40% failure rate or need for um, a, a, a surgery at, a, at some point after that uh, management. And the way that I look at it is a couple of things. Number one, patients, especially appendicitis, as we know, is, uh, tends to affect younger patients for the most part. And so for me, when I'm going to discuss with my patients whether or not a management option is safe, if they have appendicitis and they're going to be treated with antibiotics versus surgery, I can offer them nearly 100% cure rate over their lifetime with that operation versus telling them, well, you know, you, you, have, you can be treated with antibiotics. Um, sure, it might be safe in 60 to 75% of cases, but there is up to a 40% chance that you're going to end up back in the hospital requiring an operation with whatever associated complications might be associated with that. Also, you know, as we know, antibiotic stewardship is, is also another hot topic. And in the pro-surgery group, those patients received a single pre-incision dose of antibiotics, um, and that was it for, for the remainder of their care, whereas the antibiotic group, as was mentioned, received three doses of IV antibiotics followed by a week of levoquin and flagyl. Um, that's a pretty broad uh, spectrum antibiotic with the erdipenem, and there are risks of, as we know, resistance to these antibiotics and to other organisms. There are sequelae from uh, multiple, even a single dose of, of some antibiotics with um, various uh, complications associated with them. So they're definitely not uh, without risk um, in the antibiotic-only group. And um, as far as also, again, with, with just stating antibiotics being safe, 
if I, I also agree that a failure of antibiotics or a need for surgery, whether it's within a year or two years, is a complication of that group. So for me to say that antibiotics are uh, antibiotic only is without risk or is a safe option for my patient, um, I'm going to disagree and I say that no, it's definitely risky and with the trend towards minimally invasive uh, care and laparoscopic surgery as um, appendectomies are being performed mostly in the United States as well as in most other uh, parts of the world, that the laparoscopic appendectomy is going to be the safer and sure cure for appendicitis. So with that... Thanks a lot, Doctor. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Thank you. I would say those are all excellent points, Dr. Pakula. I was going to turn it over to your colleague, Dr. Skinner, uh, in the pro-antibiotic group and also phrase the same question. Do you think that antibiotic-only approach is safe, and is it safe for your patients or our, our patients in general? Thank you. Um, I, I'm, uh, I'm uh, honored to participate in this debate, and I think um, Dr. Pakula's assessment of the uh, literature uh, was spot on. But I think it's important to look at this from a, a very different approach. Let me start by saying that appendectomies, as we all know, have traditionally been the bread and butter for general surgeons um, related to acute surgical illness. Um, and with changes in reimbursement and healthcare reform, I think the idea of the general surgeon losing uh, this operation to non-surgical care is lending to a bit of the hysteria around you know, these recent studies. Despite that, we must keep in mind that we're in the era of the public uh, being more sophisticated uh, and having access to data and treatment options in regards to various disease processes. And we're also in the era where our technology, um, uh, namely CT scans, are picking up diseases and findings you know, very early on um, in the process. And what do we do with all of that information that we have? So I think the surgeon needs to be uh, open and uh, approach uh, early uncomplicated appendicitis um, with the options of both surgical and non-surgical management. And with the patients having access to that information, the discussions need to be related to that subset of patients in all of these studies that seem to do well with antibiotics only. When looking at the APEX uh, study, I think it's compelling. It was a, a relatively large study. It was well-designed. Um, and the majority of patients managed with antibiotics, um, regardless, um, did well and did not require surgical intervention. And that small subset of patients that required surgical intervention, the majority of those cases were uncomplicated, and none of them developed pelvic abscesses and things like that. There have also been other studies, observational studies, including a large database um, that was based on data from California that was published in the Journal of the American College of Surgeons in 2014 that looked at over 2,000 uh, patients with uh, coding for acute appendicitis, and 3,000 of those patients were managed non-operatively. And following uh, those patients out to seven years, the majority of those patients did well without operative intervention. In the patients that were managed that ultimately required appendectomy, yet again, the majority of those patients did not have major complications. So what we're seeing is that there is a subset of patients with early appendicitis that can be given the option to be treated with antibiotics without major complications. And with our growing population that's getting older, they're obese, there are multiple patients who've had multiple operations, including ventral hernia repairs with mesh that may have multiple comorbidities. This non-surgical option um, is, I think, very viable, and there are good data to support it. I'll leave it at that. Thank you. Thanks for your comments. I think this is a great segue into the next topic, as, as Dr. Skinner has alluded to. It appears that we can offer these patients uh, two different therapies with relative, uh, relatively appreciated safety in the literature, but which one is going to be better is going to be largely patient-dependent. So the next topic that we're going to ask to the next uh, discussants is, should antibiotics only be offered as an equivalent option and then allow the patient to decide with adequate education? So first I'll direct that to uh, Dr. Jawa and the pro-antibiotic group uh, for his thoughts. 
Hi, thank you for this opportunity. So uh, my opinion based on this article and several others, I think it is ultimately the patient's um, choice and it should be offered um, with the understanding that there's a 27% or so risk of recurrence within one year and depending on uh, the other studies, it's somewhere between five to 14 or up to 35%. Um, having said that, in all of these studies, the recurrence did not necessarily lead to um, an operation, in some cases, such as the notice, they just treat them with antibiotics again. So as long as they understand that factor, second factor is that it does not mean that it's going to be complicated appendicitis, as in this study. Um, I think that's okay. They would also need to understand that there is a small uh, risk of cancer, perhaps less than 2%. Um, so again, it would be some sort of a careful patient selection, likely the younger patients, it would be more safely observed, whereas the older patients be more concerned about, um, and the CT scan obviously would help with that significantly. Um, other additional thoughts would be um, that it may be especially indicated um, in patients who might have significant other diseases where performing an appendectomy might be uh, hazardous, for example, a significant endocrine disorder or perhaps early after stent placement. So that in that case, we can actually discuss with the patient, you know, if we can't stop the Plavix or effient uh, or whatnot, because it's one week after his MI, well, perhaps appendectomy is not the optimal choice. It may have further consequences, but it may be a choice. On the opposite side, if there's somebody that's kind of not going to be available for uh, follow-up within the next year, somebody who's going to be in a remote destination, for example, then that would be again saying uh, you should not have an you should not be treated with antibiotics alone. Um, now, we'll have to uh, carefully phrase it that the data was primarily based on open appendectomies as has been extensively discussed by my colleagues. Uh, but nonetheless, in the majority of the cases, it appears that antibiotics are efficacious uh, with a low rate of recurrence. And in other studies, it appears that we don't have the risk of prolonged hospitalization as in this study because um, like the NOTA study, they gave one um, in some cases, they just give one dose of uh, IV antibiotics followed by oral antibiotics or oral antibiotics alone. And the notice study, I believe, was just amoxicillin flavulanate. Thank you. So, Dr. Johnson, if you, if you see a patient in the ER, are you going to offer your patient antibiotics only uh, and allow them to decide? What's your opinion on this matter, being on the pro-surgery side of this debate? Well, the question you've posed is different than the question I'm prepared to answer. Would I offer it? Um, there probably are select options to offer it, but is this an equivalent option? The answer is unequivocally no. Uh, as uh, Dr. Jawa started when he started his presentation was that uh, this may not be for everyone, which is to say that we all know that appendectomy is a better treatment for appendicitis than is antibiotics alone, as uh, evidenced by the failure rate. Um, the uh, some of the uh, panelists have also already talked about some of the articles that have talked about this, but the major body of work on this question has been in the pediatric population, which is not necessarily extrapolatable to older patients uh, who may have other comorbidities and, and uh, may not tolerate uh, antibiotic or recurrence as well as younger patients. Uh, and someone posed the question uh, in December this year, there was an article in JAMA, uh, asking whether or not we can allow patients to choose non-operative versus surgical management in a pediatric population. These were younger patients, age 7 to 17. Um, and like this, uh, the article of topic today, uh, they had about a 25% crossover by one year of people who intended to be treated non-operatively who ended on going up to going on to appendectomy. Uh, and 10% of those occurred within the, the first 30 days. Um, and those patients had nearly twice the hospital length of stay as did the patients who went for immediate appendectomy. Uh, the UCSD study with the California database, again, uh, the patients in that study were uh, young and large under the age of 32. Their, their mean age was 32. Uh, and they had uh, almost a total of 10% treatment failure, whereas appendectomy, uh, we have 100% success rate. If appendix comes out, you don't have appendicitis. Uh, 
as we talk about older patients, uh, there's some evidence that patients over the 40, over the age of 40 have a higher rate of uh, malignancy uh, and in their interval appendectomies. Uh, and we're not very good at predicting uh, who's going to fail those non-operative management. So if we were telling somebody who's, uh, they were equivalent, uh, there are some uh, predictors that we've identified as likely to fail early in the non-operative management, uh, including older patients, again, patients over 85, as well as patient, patients that are smokers, uh, and other clinical signs which uh, might help guide us to tell us that this is not equivalent in this patient population. Uh, but these are questions that are uh, without large clinical trials to really validate that these is valuable, val, val, uh, valid reasons to choose one versus the other. Uh, the, uh, I'm sorry? Uh, and then finally, there's uh, in a study out of Mayo from a few years ago that showed that interval appendectomies may have as much as a 28% rate of uh, uh, malignancies. Uh, that seems a very large number, but uh, this is what they found in their population, uh, which may go back to our uh, understanding that perforated appendicitis is a different entity than non-perforated appendicitis. Uh, but as to the question as to whether or not uh, antibiotics alone versus appendectomy is equivalent, I think it's unequivocally no. Great. Thanks a lot for that information. Those are very good discussions. Uh, we have a commentary portion of this uh, town hall debate that I'd like to open it up to. Uh, first, I'd like to introduce Dr. Ed Livingston, the editor for JAMA, uh, to give his comments on this uh, topic in this town hall debate. Uh, Dr. Livingston? A few things to say. First, I think said was uh, well summarized, um, but I want to make two statements. We discussed meta-analyses of prior appendectomy trials. Um, there's so much heterogeneity in those trials, you really can't do a proper meta-analysis. So any conclusions from a paper that claims to have done a meta-analysis of those trials is suspect. You, you really can't aggregate data for trials that don't look anything like one another. Also, you don't really need to do a meta-analysis. There's really only three trials prior to APAC that were of sufficient high quality that you can really look at their results in any definitive way in terms of being randomized prospective trials. There's not a lot of data out there. The other is a statement was made, uh, the American College of Surgeons has a um, standard of care for treatment of appendicitis is surgery. I would like a reference to that statement. I'm not aware of them ever making a statement about what is the standard of care. If they had made such a statement, then medical malpractice would disappear because if the American College of Surgeons said what the standard of care was and we all did it, we couldn't be sued and lose for medical malpractice. Third point is um, I think people have lost sight of why we even do appendectomy. Uh, uh, interestingly enough, when I handled this paper for JAMA and I interviewed a bunch of surgical American College of Surgeons uh, scholars and asked them why we even do the procedure and if they knew anything about the early literature that led us to do appendectomy, no one could actually cite any of that literature. Appendectomy was devised at the turn of the 19th century uh, to avoid death from massive pelvic sepsis. And the thought was that the appendix um, eventually after uh, simple appendicitis becomes gangrenous and perforates and results in massive pelvic abscess. Well, that doesn't happen anymore. And one important feature of the APAC trial was that the patients given antibiotics uh, did not have that occur. So they had the antibiotics. Those who underwent surgery didn't have anything that even resembled that. So it's certainly safe to, to give the patients an option of a trial of antibiotics, see if it works for them. If it doesn't, they can always go on to have surgery. A statement was made about um, laparoscopic surgery being what's done in the United States and elsewhere in the world. Uh, I would submit to you that it's mostly in the United States where appies are done laparoscopically. I've had the opportunity to look at surgical data from around the world. Even in most of Europe, it's done uh, by open techniques in most countries. This trial was done in Finland, which by no stretch of the imagination is a backwater country. That's what they do. They happen to do open appendectomy, as is done in most of the world. But nonetheless, the comparison between the complications of the open and antibiotic treatment arms of that study is not all that important because the, the real news here is the fact that a whole lot of people got antibiotics and did just fine with that. 
Lastly, um, I'd like to point out I did have the opportunity to talk to the authors quite a lot in handling the paper, and, and some of that is in the interview that's in the podcast I did on appendicitis, which we're going to republish soon. Um, you can tell from the resistance to this concept in, uh, in American surgery of treating with antibiotics that when these investigators went to do this trial, nobody in surgery really wanted to participate. So they made them give a huge dose of antibiotics. They made them keep the patients in the hospital. And the surgeons uh, did not submit to any particular protocol, and when the patients were randomized to antibiotics, they were then passed off to the surgeons who did what they wanted with them. There were certainly surgeons who didn't believe in this approach, and they operated on a significant number of patients who probably never needed surgery. So there was a strong bias against antibiotic treatment that influenced these results, and if that bias hadn't existed, the results have been probably been even more in favor of using antibiotics. Thank you for asking me to comment. That was awesome, Dr. Livingston. That gives a, you know, you're really telling me on the fact maybe I should just be uh, treating more people with antibiotics, but you also bring up the excellent point of why we even did appendectomy and how it became about. Uh, as a corollary, Dr. Howard had a recent uh, editorial that I read in uh, JAMA about this uh, particular trial, and I'd like to invite him to uh, discuss this from his point of view. Uh, thanks for the invitation to, to talk today. So, um, I got asked by JAMA Surgery to uh, write an editorial on this, this paper, and I had a lot of time to think about it and, you know, put into words some of the, some of my ideas on the topic. Um, I could have written many, many, many different concerns I had, pros, cons, summary, et cetera, but I just wanted to talk about two different points. So, the first thing is, you know, whenever we read scientific evidence, we should be thinking with an evidence-based medicine approach in mind. And one of those questions we should always ask ourselves is, does this evidence apply to my patient population? And I think that goes to this question of laparoscopic appendectomy. This study is a very well done study, but it really studies open appendectomy. A, a small, small percentage are laparoscopic, and we know it's a different operation. It clearly is different. There's tons of studies on it. Some say better or worse, the same short short length of stay, longer length of stay, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a different operation. So my first answer is, well, it doesn't really apply necessarily to me. It's because I don't ask the question in my mind, should you have an open appendectomy or should you have uh, – should you get antibiotics? That's not the, the question I'm asking for my patients in my clinical practice here in the United States. So that's kind of part one. The second thing is uh, more into the nuance of how they designed their trial. It was designed as a non-inferiority trial, and, you know, uh, researchers who do these kinds of studies, this is a, a large prospective randomized controlled trial. There's many uh, assumptions you have to make at the beginning of your trial, one of which is going to be, you know, what's your non-inferiority margin? Um, at which point you're going to say it is or is not equivalent, or it is or is not non-inferior. Um, and basically, they didn't meet that criteria. And it's still, I'm still surprised when a study like this, which is basically a negative study that was not able to show um, non-inferiority, is promoted as such a huge game changer that this should be changing everything we do in surgical practice that's been the way for 100 years. You know, I think about it on the other hand, there's many different things out there that the standard therapy is medical, and surgeons come up with a new idea or a new treatment or a new procedure, and it's incumbent upon the surgeon researchers to show that the procedure they choose and they rec recommend is either better or non-equivalent. And if that doesn't happen, you don't get to do those procedures. That's kind of the way the way it works. It's usually the, the new person has to, to um, fight against the old guard. Um, and in this case, I personally don't think they've shown that it's better or even non-inferior. Now, I will say, you know, as a, a patient-centered researcher, I totally agree that this is great data to give patients who ask the question. Or if you're going to have that conversation with the patient, and you can tell them with 75%-ish um, certainty, you will not need an appendectomy within a year if we give you antibiotics. It's good data for patients to make a decision. 
And I think if that's going to be the case, this is reasonable data to give them. But, you know, in my personal practice, I still think the standard is go in, take out their appendix laparoscopically, they go home the next day, they're over and done with, with basically 100% um, cure rate. So that's my opinion on it, and thanks again for the invitation today. That was great. We really appreciate that. Uh, I was going to open up for rebuttals since we had uh, Dr. Hodges talk about sort of the pro-surgery approach. Based on the comments and the discussion that you've heard here today, uh, do you have any rebuttals for this based on this information? Um, sure. You know, I, I think looking at the APEC trial or any study comparing surgery to antibiotics or appendicitis, I think you're really comparing two different things, and it's it's really, in a way, kind of not the right approach. Of course, uh, with with surgery, particularly laparoscopic surgery, the success rate is very high. We know that, and the complication rate is very low. We know that as well. But what what the study, what the APEX study is really showing, in my mind, is that in there's a small there's a subset of patients with uncomplicated appendicitis that can be treated successfully for the most part without major complications with antibiotics. That's really what it's showing, regardless of the inferiority uh, aspect of the statistics and things like that. Um, and it's a reasonable option to present to patients uh, who present early on with appendicitis, surgery versus not, no surgery, with the caveat in the antibiotic group that there is a, a small percentage or a small chance that they may fall out and they can either be treated with another course of antibiotics or they may require surgery without a major associated complications. I think that's really what this study is showing. It's not saying that antibiotics is really inferior to surgery because you can't really compare the two things. And the issue of open versus laparoscopic, sure, they were done open and there were more complications in that open group. But whether it was done open versus laparoscopic, the results generally would be the same, um, and it's really that subset of patients um, I think that uh, there needs to be the focus on. Perhaps, you know, there are certain subtleties in CT findings in early appendicitis that could uh, predict success in the future with uh, antibiotic therapy alone. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Mark or Dr. Uh, Jawa, in the final minute for that portion, do you have anything else to add from the rebuttal side? So, so this okay. is Matt Martin, and I have a, I'll add a quick rebuttal, and that's a great point that Ruby makes is, remember that a randomized trial really introduces a false dichotomy. You're forced to randomize them to one treatment or the other based on some simplification of a complex problem. So you'll have patients that you probably would have pushed towards appendectomy that you're forced to randomize them to antibiotics and vice versa. Uh, so I also think it's important to look at the prospect of observational studies where they look at what are the real-world results we would get in implementing a policy like this. And I think the NOTA study is a great example. When they looked at a protocol for non-op management, they treated them with oral antibiotics. The average length of stay was 0.4 days. And they didn't have, you know, people who disagreed with their approach and running them off the OR for no good reason. And their overall recurrence rate was only 14%. And then two-thirds of those were treated with antibiotics only. So, so we have to remember that a randomized controlled trial isn't necessarily what we'd see in the real world. And then I would also point everyone to the uh, study published in JAMA Surgery that just came out online this month of the Pediatric Patient Choice Study, and it was a pediatric prospective observational study. And they gave them the option, which is what we're talking about, counseling patients and giving them data, and 65% of the families chose non-manageable antibiotics, 76% success rate at one year, complicated appendicitis lower than the surgery group, significantly fewer disability days in the antibiotics only group, and that's compared to LAP-API. Not open-API, not in Finland, this is in the U.S., laparoscopic appendectomy, outcomes were still better, costs were still lower with the antibiotics only approach. Thanks a lot, Levi. Great. Uh, from the rebuttal side from the pro-appendectomy group, uh, Dr. Johnson, do you have anything to add based on the discussion? Well, uh, we should first think with it. Most of us on the panel are surgeons, so we have our bias for surgery. And I think that the most important thing that this study has done for us is that uh, it has taken the uh, hints of heresy out of the idea that we might give antibiotics. 
that being said, uh, surgery is still uh, the gold standard, uh, and in your standard young, healthy population, I think that uh, going forward with uh, an appendectomy uh, is the most straightforward uh, approach, but having a discussion and, and giving people options is, is uh, something we should do uh, lest we return to the days of paternalism in medicine and dictating what patients have done for them. Dr. Uh, Pakula, I see your hand is raised. Do you, do you uh, want to offer a rebuttal based on this as well? Well, I just want to—I want to kind of reiterate what uh, Dirk said, in that you know, despite what all of the studies have shown and what this uh, well-done APEX study has shown, surgery is still uh, you know the 100% cure rate for or near 100% cure rate for the disease. And even though you know we say that back when um, appendectomy was first performed and that it was being done with the fear of pelvic sepsis, which we don't really see as often anymore, you know, in, in for the 70 patients that went on to uh, receive appendectomy who were uncomplicated, or at least the majority were uncomplicated, it's a very small number. And I don't think we really know the true evolution of the disease. Sure, maybe uncomplicated and complicated are different entities, but we don't really know with such a small number of patients if those uncomplicated uh, appendicitis will not progress to some sort of complicated appendicitis and what will actually happen with those patients. So it's hard for me to at least definitely not equally offer the two because with that percentage, whether it's 20%, 25%, 27% that will potentially need to go on for appendectomy, I'm still a little nervous as to what may happen in, the, in uh, some of those patients if we do only treat them with antibiotics. All right. Well, thanks a lot for those. I did have one question I was going to direct to the pro-antibiotic group, uh, Dr. Skinner. So if we are successful at treating a lot of these patients with antibiotics, how are we going to follow them postoperatively? Are we going to just leave their appendix alone and say, see you later? Or are we going to talk to them about interval appendectomy or repeat CT scan because of the rare but real risk of potentially missing a, an underlying malignancy? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a very good point. Um, you know, it's, it's similar to, you know, what has evolved with the non-operative management of solid organ injuries like spleen and liver. You know, with those low-grade injuries, do they need repeat studies? How do you follow them up? You know, what is the course after they leave the hospital? Those questions are largely unanswered as well as, you know, the type and duration of antibiotics and how long do you observe them and things like that. Um, I think a lot of that will potentially, you know, evolve over time. Um, I, I think that there are some, uh, perhaps right now, some unknown characteristics on CT that can predict success with antibiotics only um, that could then lend to limited follow-up. Um, but that's just going to take, you know, more studies and, and more time and more information. Um, I don't think that imaging with CAT scan is going to be the way to go, uh, you know, and follow up with these patients, um, you know, but perhaps clinical uh, examination periodically through their primary care physicians would be good enough. Uh, you know, we obviously need more data. Great. Thanks a lot for those uh, insightful comments. I was going to direct a question to current East President, Dr. Stassen, on her opinion on this whole town hall debate, and maybe she can tell us how she's going to educate her patients on what to do in this situation. Well, President-elect Stan, is, Stan Couric is president of East currently. Correct. But um, right. I think for uh, for me, um, you know, the, I think the population we tend to see, the older population, et cetera, I think is different than some of what, what we've read about in these studies. Um, personally, I don't endorse just watching. We've, we looked at it here in our own population. We have a 10% malignancy rate in ones that don't look perforated. So it's not my standard of care right now. We'll see what happens over time. I do agree with, um, you know, what's been said. You know, in our younger, healthy population, um, I, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't Dr. Skinner. It was the one before her that brought up that it's 100% cure. Why would you not do that for your patients? So here we very much lean to just taking it out. This question is for the acute care surgery section, and uh, it's a comment and a question. I see this clearly expanding, at least temporarily. 
that we're going to see this happen. Do you see that in acute care surgery section? Do you see that as, to some extent, the arena in which this will occur and expand? Surgeon advocated antibiotic therapy for appendicitis being validated by these trials. This is Dirk Johnson. I have a couple of comments in response to that question, which is I think that there are a lot of instances where this may be an approach that may be more uh, advantageous to any particular surgeon. It gives us increased license and latitude to uh, make these decisions, but uh, I think there's still a lot of questions to be made, and, you know, why are we choosing this? And then we might get to the same point we are in diverticulitis over how many episodes of appendicitis uh, do you have to have before you get up to your appendix taken out. Uh, but the morbidity of a, a colectomy is far greater than that for an appendectomy. So uh, I still think that uh, an appendectomy makes a lot more sense in your standard patients without comorbidities. Uh, and which comorbidities you're willing to deal with uh, or not is going to be an individual decision until we have more data collected to uh, drive our decision-making. Andrea, I see that your hand's raised. Uh, what would you like to ask? Yeah, I want to just add to that um, that, you know, unfortunately we've seen that obesity is is growing, you know, across the world really, but with the United States especially, and with that comes significant comorbidities. For So for those surgeons that are doing bariatric surgery, uh, you know, we, we address these comorbidities with, with the operation. So I think that some, I, I think it does have to do maybe with some surgeon um, comfort, if you will, but I think that comorbidities really shouldn't uh, steer us away from doing what we have been doing for so many years and what we feel is standard. I do think that uh, I agree that there's going to be a lot more of this to come, and maybe there are some people that don't necessarily want to operate on those uh, patients that have multiple medical problems, but I don't think, you know, in, in those patients in particular, I don't think they can necessarily take the extra hit with a recurrence or potentially complicated appendicitis that, especially in um, bigger patients, you may not be able to evaluate radiologically. Um, or at least not that well. So I think that, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what what further studies, uh, you know, are, are in the horizon as far as sorting some of these things out. But, I, again, I, I still think that uh, regardless of patient um, uh, um, profile, that uh, appendectomy is still the way to go. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I was going to direct one question to Dr. Martin on the pro-antibiotic group. Do you see this as potentially beneficial in regions of the country where patients have to travel hundreds and hundreds of miles to even go to a hospital that has a general surgeon? Like, for instance, you get called in the middle of the night, got uncomplicated cubinocytis. Is this the person say, hey, leave them at that hospital, do the antibiotics if they failed, and send them to me? And then the corollary is if, we, if you're at a regional center with, where patients have to travel large distances and you choose this therapy, how do you coordinate their follow-up? Do you keep them in the hospital like this trial did and then send them home? Or do you have them follow up with their PCP or a surgeon back there if they fail? How do you kind of – how do you visualize recognize, uh, reconciling that? Uh, yeah, Levi, and, and obviously all care is local, so it's going to depend on your local system. But, but again, I'll, I'll point out what Dr. Livingston very well stated is, that, you know, that this is a safe approach and – our big concern was we're going to be starting people on antibiotics and they're going to be failing and coming in with pelvic sepsis when, in fact, if they failed and needed appendectomy, they were generally uncomplicated and had lower complications than people up front. So, so yeah, I, I think it's a great option for someone in a remote, remote location. In fact, you know, one of the originators of this whole concept was from the Navy of soldiers on submarines who didn't have access to a surgeon or care would get what would look like appendicitis and they've known for, you know, decades. You put them on antibiotics, and most of them get better. So, so, yeah, I think it's good for the remote location. I think it's good for the urban location. Uh, but, but we definitely do need some more studies on if, if there's a way we can better sort out that 15 to 25% of people who will go on to need an appendectomy. If we could identify them up front, uh, you know, then I think it would obviously be a great option.
I'm looking in the audience. I don't see many uh, more questions. Do you, Matt? I think the one – this is Nicole – the one comment I would have is I think you're sort of – a couple of the little um, technical difficulties, I think this is really wonderful, and I think you all should be applauded for, you know, doing something a little different, something a little bit a little bit new and cutting edge, um, you know, on – I think on behalf of all of the board ideas, I would have to say kudos to thinking outside the box. We don't always do it. That being said, I'm not sure not cutting out an appendix is the way to go. And Martin, to answer your question, if it's my grandma, she's getting her appendix out. <laughs> I see Dr. Livingston has a late-breaking hand raised. Dr. Livingston? We I applaud you for this format. This was really a great debate um, and very well done and a very good discussion. I just want to let your group know that we at JAMA in the next couple of months or so will be trialing a new mechanism for getting CME for things like this. So if your group is interested, we, we want to work with uh, groups outside of uh, the JAMA network, and um, there will be opportunities for people to participate in this kind of discussion, write their impressions to us, and get CME for it. Uh, and a last, very last comment, um, we talked about family members. Uh, my son had uh, what, what, for all we knew, was uh, acute appendicitis. I am a surgeon. I've taken out a lot of appies. He had it. We gave him uh, nothing, and he got better and never needed his appendix out. Well, on that note, it, it, uh, I, I don't think we're going to have an answer to the debate about is it going to be antibiotics versus surgery. I think, it, again, as everyone has very eloquently stated, it's all going to be very patient-specific. But we do have relatively good data that uh, it is safe to consider this option for a majority of patients. The real key is... Does it work for your patient population? On behalf of the East, I, will, uh, I would want to put the caveat that we have very little data on the elderly. Correct. That, that's a very excellent point. I appreciate that point. Again, it all comes down to patient selection. Uh, unfortunately, there's nothing that's black and white in anything in medicine. Um, uh, having said that, I think uh, this is, has been a great uh, endeavor, and I appreciate everyone's participation, and thank you for joining this uh, town hall debate. All right, and that'll wrap it up for our first East Town Hall debate. Uh, it was a great discussion. I want to really thank all the participants from the online education section and the emergency general surgery section. Uh, I particularly want to also thank Levi Proctor for doing a great job moderating. This debate is the first in a planned series of town hall debates that will be open to all East members uh, and anyone else who wants to uh, log in and comment. Our next one is going to be on January 4th, debating the Hartford Consensus Conference guidelines for active shooter events. Uh, we look forward to that event and many others in the future, and we're always welcome to any ideas or suggestions you have for topics or speakers for future debates. Uh, please go to the East Online Education website, uh, and there's a link you can use to suggest TraumaCast topics, or feel free to email myself or any other uh, of the TraumaCast moderators. Thank you all, and have a great day. And that wraps up another edition of TraumaCast, brought to you by the Online Education Section of the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma. You can check out all of the great educational and career development resources available on the East website at www.east.org. And make sure you subscribe to the TraumaCast series so you don't miss any of our exciting upcoming programs and interviews. So if you're searching for cutting-edge science and research, professional education, networking and building relationships, and career development, Remember that all you need to do is look to the east. Mm -hmm.